0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Well, hello. It's good to talk to you again. It is about 1230 here in Pittsburgh on a Tuesday afternoon, a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. It is great to talk to you again. I hope you've had a wonderful day since we talked last. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast podcast a part of the Locked On Network that features not only NBA, I don't know if you guys are NBA fans, but I'm sure you're NFL fans. And we got just about every team covered, so go check out all the different Locked On podcasts, including Vinnie Iyer does Locked On Fantasy, and that one's starting to really pick up steam, too. Check that one out. Uh, today, in the front four... We're going to start with Carolina at Tennessee, or Carolina, Tennessee. That, that one was as promised. I had two different people on Twitter saying, hey, you never talk about the Panthers. So I didn't realize I didn't, but here you go. Let's start with them. And I thought Cam Newton played a very good game. You know, he didn't play a ton, of course, but I thought he threw the ball really well. Uh, accurate with touch, really good showing from the pocket. Uh, I thought he did a really nice job. It was good to see Kelvin Benjamin out there early. Two early catches, you know, using his big body, um, being a physical presence. You know, this passing game really has been Greg Olson dependent last year, and, and that worked out well for them, obviously. Um, but if they can add Benjamin to the mix, and I think Funchess will be every good bit of the players as Benjamin, that would really lighten the load on Olson. How much longer can you count on him to be a you know a foundation of your passing game? So, that was promising. It looks like he's back, in, back to full health. Uh, and then, you know, not sh- too long into the game, Newton hits Teddy Ginn on what looks like a curl route or, or a comeback. You know, blows a tackle, and Ginn just takes off like a shot to the and takes it to the house. So, there were a few mistakes, to say the least, actually in both secondaries, but the Titans one showed up big. Uh, Ted Ginn, he uh, his dad's a kind of a legendary coach of the Glenville Tarblutters, which is right outside Cleveland. The school we recruited heavily when I was at Pitt. Um, we recruited Teddy. Yeah, he was back then. He was considering going to the Olympics actually as a hurdler. I mean, he's that kind of fast. I think people are familiar that yeah, he's a former first round pick with great speed and you know questionable hands, but I mean great speed, like fast for fast guys. So. He still has it. Um, He's still a very key component to that offense, too, and he's found a really good home in Carolina. Uh, Catching the deep ball, Newton still throws the deep ball really well. Uh, I had mentioned, you know, that both secondaries, I thought, got exposed. Uh, Antoine Blake, former Steeler, who missed a lot of tackles, got picked on consistently here in Pittsburgh. Uh, Same thing yesterday, or same thing in that game. Uh, Daryl Worley, a rookie for the Panthers, he also got picked on quite a bit. Um, You know, when you talk about these two secondaries, very different, but they both are weaknesses of the team right now. You know, when you look at the Titans, uh, they're rebuilding. I mean, we all know that. They've had the first pick in the draft, and and they traded back, and they had tons of cap space. And I feel like this upcoming offseason... Will be dedicated to the secondary. You know that all the other they've handled the offensive line. They got the quarterback in place. It looks like they got receivers. We'll get to one of those in a minute. Obviously, they've invested in the running game. Um, I like their defensive line a lot. You know, Al Woods is a guy that doesn't get talked about enough. I think Johnson, the rookie, is going to be a, a force. Jones is really stepping up to be a, a high quality player for them. And Gerald Casey is one of the best offensive linemen in the league. No one ever talks about it. But I think Tennessee, when you look at the big picture of how they're rebuilding this upcoming offseason, again, with a lot of draft picks, with a lot of cap room, will probably be get dedicated to the, the secondary. I just feel like they haven't got there yet at that position. Meanwhile, you know, we it's more high profile in Carolina since, since they let Josh Norman go. But basically, they just don't invest any capital in their secondary. You know, it's all about linebackers that cover a ton of ground, you know, Keekley's the best in the business, Thomas Davis, uh, Thomas Davis actually came out the year I was with the Browns and and we thought Romeo Cornell looked at him and thought he was his, his Harrison, his strong safety enforcer. We loved him. You know, we didn't end up taking him at three, had a very, very high grade on him, came to the league and has now been a great coverage linebacker, a great all around linebacker. And then they invested a first round pick last year in Shaq Thompson, who's a similar mold. So you see the, what they're doing. You know, they have linebackers that cover a ton of range, and they just don't ask that much from their secondary. They play a lot of zone. They want to keep things in front of them. They want to have good tacklers, and they want their money invested in pass rushers and linebackers. That front seven is going to be loaded as always, and it's been a winning formula. You know, I think losing Norman's going to hurt. I mean, he was a fantastic player. Uh, they do get Ben Wickery back. He's a nice young player, and he had a nice interception in this game uh, on, a, on a ball. Mariota probably just should not have thrown, to be, be very honest. Um, but overall, I thought Mariota played great. I think Mariota's going to be great. You know, he was showing off his ball skills. We've, he ran a no huddle. Um, I really think he's going to be a fantastic elite quarterback, and you'll find out. I don't throw the word elite down very often. Um, threw a nice touchdown pass to Douglas on a designed rollout, looked like a half-field read, showed off his athleticism, light feet, really good touch. Uh, That was nice work by Mariota. You know, we're seeing a lot of these ball fakes, and they're hiding the ball and handing it to receivers behind his back and things like that. I think that's kind of fun. Speaking of receivers, the, the guy to talk about here is Tajay Sharp, which makes the Green Beckham trade even more, you know, We talked about that, but, I mean, it it makes it a little more palatable giving up on a guy because they love him. I mean, Sharp's on the field a ton, and it seems like he's always open. I mean, it's just Mariota to Sharp, Mariota to Sharp, Mariota to Sharp. You know, he's not super fast or explosive, but he's a really good route runner for a young kid. Uh, I mean, I'm buying in. He's decent after the catch. Um, you know, he came from a very small school and he's already adapting to the NFL extremely quick. I mean, he's a little bit of a measured mover, but he's got really good body control, go up and get the football. You know, he just seems to always be in the right place. And I don't think that's an accident. I mean, I think he's going to be a starting receiver for, for, <laughs> for Tennessee, which is sounds crazy. You know, a mid round pick coming in as a rookie and doing that, but it's exactly what's happening. Uh, another rookie to talk about. Probably the last thing to talk about from this game is I think Derrick Henry, had, again, played really well. Didn't have as many carries. wasn't Didn't put up the huge stats as he did in the first game. Um, you know, played a better defense, too. I mean, Carolina defense is not easy to run against. But he looks good. You know, he looks better than I thought. And one thing I mentioned on the radio yesterday, I, I, I forget who I was talking to. I was here, just here in local William Pittsburgh. And, you know, sometimes... And it's really true in recruiting. You know, you recruit a 16-, 17 year seventeen-year-old kid. He graduates high school, and he by the time he gets to your campus, sometimes he doesn't look like the guy you recruited. Sometimes he's an inch taller. Sometimes he's ten pounds heavier. You know, I mean, bodies change, especially at that level. You know, what he do, do this off season? Do he sit around and eat pizzas or do he work out hard? You know, what I mean, and and the same is, to a lesser degree is true with these rookies too. You know, what I mean, people change. You know, from from the last time we saw a guy like Henry in the national title game. He's been doing an awful lot. He's been working like crazy to get his combine numbers better, to get drafted. So, you know, the last tape you see of a guy in college, it shouldn't shock everybody or you shouldn't kill people for, boy, you missed on this guy. Because sometimes they didn't look the same, you know. I mean, by the time they get to the NFL, they're a year older, a year more mature. They've been doing a lot different things for their workout routine. Uh, But he looks great. You know, he's light on his feet. He's agile. He's aggressive. I I like him a lot. The next game to discuss is going to be Arizona San Diego and fewer notes in this one. We barely saw rivers. We barely saw Palmer. I mean, that makes evaluating this game a little more difficult. Um, Arizona offense was terrible in this game. I mean, ugly. I mean, Palmer made some errors. Stanton looked bad. The offense in general was really anemic. And, you know, we just mentioned Tennessee. They beat up on the chargers in week one. So, yeah, let's give their defensive credit. I mean, they played a lot better on defense in this game than they did against the Titans, especially against the run. But and I rarely say this, but it looked like the Cardinals were sleepwalking and, you know, didn't have a whole lot of fight and energy to them. You know, like they're just getting ready to get get done with the preseason. And, and to some degree, I understand that. Not to mention their their head coach has had some medical concerns and maybe their, their minds were elsewhere. Who knows? But it was not a good showing by Arizona. And then coming out of that game, Larry Fitzgerald has a slight knee sprain. Um, I don't think that's a big deal. Just something to keep an eye on, though, especially at his age. You know, how quickly is he going to recover from that? But by all accounts, he'll be ready to roll for the, uh, for the season. Um, and that's great. You know, shut him down between now and then. Um, Brandon Flowers had a nice play on this one. He steals a screen pla- pass on a cornerback blitz, takes it back to the house. Uh, that was encouraging. Uh, two other youngsters for the, the Chargers I thought that, you know, p- you know did pretty well, showed up well is Hunter Henry. I think Hunter Henry's going to play a lot. You know, when you look at their roster, they played a fair amount of double tight ends last year with Ladarius Green, but I think Henry's going to play quite a bit, maybe even more, a higher percentage of snaps. So I mean, the receivers are fine. You know, Woodhead's a very accomplished receiver as a running back, but Henry's a pretty solid young player, and it can block. He can, you know, t- he's not going to take the top off a of defense, but he's a solid player. And then the other youngster I thought that looked really good in the first game is, is Gordon, the running back. And I think he's healthy. You know, that's huge. Um, didn't really have anywhere to go in this game. And so I don't, I'm still, the jury's still out on him. I was not big on him at all coming out of Wisconsin But I think it's too early to, you know, dig his grave. You know, let's keep an eye out on Gordon. He could have a, you know, a big role here. Then the next game is Colts-Ravens. I thought Luck looked great. I I thought he played really sharp, uh, played within himself, didn't try to do too much, wasn't taking unnecessary hits or risks, uh, didn't have any incompletions. You know, he was checking down. Um, the Colts didn't end up finishing drives but the you know all in all uh, they were moving the football he was doing his job you know Flacco didn't play on the other side which you know no big shock I'm not sure if he's playing week three or not that's something absolutely to monitor though um, because he is returning from injury not that he did a ton in this game but I, I think Dorset might be a breakout player too I think he fits what they do really well I think they're gonna have to throw a lot and I'll get to that in a minute but um, Amazing speed, really a difference maker in terms of, you know, scaring defenses just with pure speed and explosion. Um, So that's just another guy, another potential breakout guy. Uh, I I thought the Colts were the much better team here in in the first half, but it just didn't show up because of all their penalties and turnovers and inabilities to complete drives. Something to keep an eye out on. Um, Another guy that showed up for them, I thought pretty well, was T.Y. McGill, who's somebody I didn't know a whole heck of a lot either, but they were raving, the announcers were raving about him, that he's been the, a stud in camp. Big nose tackle, body type, but really good quickness, you know, and boy, do they need it. And Well, again, I'm going to get to that in a minute. We'll talk Colts defense here in a minute. Um, Swope was a tight end that showed up here too. He's a, one of these converts, basketball tight end, athlete type guys. Um, really exciting too. I think he's got a chance to step up and be a contributor with Kobe Fleener gone. Uh, what are some other things here to, of news and notes? I thought Josh Johnson played well. I thought he picked apart the Colts uh, in, the, in the final drive of the first half. I thought he looked quite good doing that. And that really brings us here to, to one thing. This Colts defense, oh man, They just signed Antonio Cromartie, which, okay, you know, he's a man corner that fits what they want to do for the most part. I don't know why he really wasn't in the the league, to be honest. You'd think he'd already be signed. But Vontae Davis has ligament damage in his ankle, and he's expected to miss at least the first four games. He's probably their best defensive player. And, And I put this on Twitter yesterday is this the worst defense in the league? It, it might be. I mean, just think about off the top of your head. Who's a good Colts defensive player, especially if Monte Davis isn't there? It's bad. It's really bad. I mean, I'm expecting massive shootouts in these Colts games. So that's obviously a major concern. It's something that could really derail their season. Uh, some continued concerns with the Ravens. Corner, I still think they're very soft at corner. And what's the pass rush going to be like? You know, uh, we're counting on Suggs and Doomerville still. Uh, I think that's something to really keep an eye out going into this week, you know, is can they generate any kind of pass rush? Um, two young guys to talk about, though, that looked really good, played a lot of snaps from what I saw. The two first-round offensive linemen, Stanley at left tackle for, for the, the Ravens, really looks like a natural, you know, I mean, looks like a veteran. That's high, high praise. You know, really light on his feet, good in protection. And Ryan Kelly is, from what I've seen, exactly what you thought when you drafted him. I mean, I think he's like the next Nick Mangold. You know, he's the next guy you just plug in at center and he does it for 10 years barring injury. And, you know, him and Luck become Saturday and Manning and are best friends forever. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, I think Kelly's exactly what you look for. And as rough as I am on this front office and the defense is really showing it, I think the Kelly draft pick was a very smart one and makes a lot of sense. Uh, The last note from this game was 192 yards and penalties in this game. (laughs) I mean, I know it's preseason and Flacco didn't play and Luck didn't play all that much. But, man, I mean, some of these these games are hard watches just from a fan perspective and all the penalties and, um, you know, that shouldn't shock anybody, I guess. I mean, it is a preseason, but that's a big number, man. So there's that. Lastly today, and we're scrolling along here pretty quick. Maybe I'm just talking too fast. Maybe I need to chill out a little bit, relax. But got a busy one here. It's actually my wife's birthday, and we're gonna be taking her out to dinner. And today's the first day of school for the kids. I mean, what a birthday present for my wife was the kids go back to school. It's been a long summer with them. Uh, that, that is very much needed, especially with me trying to do podcasts and radio hits and everything with two screaming kids all summer. That's been making me a little crazy, but you know, he, he, actually, my birthday is on June 6th. And when I was a kid, we'd often get out of school on my birthday. So, <laughs> so happy birthday to my wife. Obviously we're going to take her out to a, a nice dinner coming up, but we'll have a fun dinner tonight. And yeah, you and know, she took the day off and having a little bit of a stress-free day, hopefully here. Um, a couple other our fourth segment of the day, you know, the the front four is just going to be a couple injuries that happen. And overall, I feel like the NFL as a whole has avoided the killer injuries so far. Knock on wood, knock on wood. But you know, there's two, there's a game coming up this week where a lot of the stars are going to play, and then week four, it's unlikely that big names will go down. But the so far, generally speaking the injuries have not been as quite as severe as I think in other years, you know, with losing guys for the season and nasty injuries and not even being a chance to see some of the rookies like last year. But a couple recent notes on these, and, and they're all running back related. There's three running backs I wanted to talk about. Matt Jones has a shoulder injury, and it doesn't appear to be super serious, but... Now, I've mentioned this before. I mean, I really think that this needs to be more of a run-first team than they showed in the second half of last year. I, I don't think you want to trust Cousins with the offense. I think they're designed to do that by the style of linemen they have. They just don't really have the running backs. I mean, I think Matt Jones is kind of just a guy. And, you know, highly inconsistent as a rookie, fumbles, um, average vision. You know, I mean, I think he's okay, but if he's your top guy, that's not so exciting to me. Keith Marshall's really intriguing, but, I mean, his injury history is crazy. He's a six-round pick. You count on him to carry a load for your team. So oh. that brings me to Carlos Williams, and he's been released, and he did not get claimed yesterday. I thought Washington should have claimed this guy. I mean, I understand. Yeah, you're overweight. You're suspended. Um, is he a bad guy? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, is there more to his character than I know than him just being, you know, a little bit overweight or, you know, maybe more than a little bit overweight? And if you pick him up, he's still going to be suspended for those first four games. But if I'm the Redskins, he's as good as anybody I have. I mean, I really think him and Matt Jones are comparable players. You know, they're both young as well. Uh, they didn't have room for him. I don't I, I don't know. That one makes me scratch my head a little bit. Um, so, and, and some other teams too. I'm sure he'll end up with a team soon, but he did not get claimed off waivers. Keep an eye on, you know, on the shoulder injury from Jones. And another injury, this is kind of a bad one, and this is a bummer, is Deion jo- Lewis I'm sorry, needs a second surgery, and he should miss two months of, of, of action. And, and he's been riddled with injuries his whole career. You know, I, I feel bad for him because, boy, he was potent last year. He was highly, highly elusive, really a, a fun player to watch, great in their passing game. Um, and he's going to be hard to replace. He's going he's to be real hard to replace. And, and what's interesting is, you know, we know how things work in, in New England. I mean, they're, they're still going to march on and the next man up. And But what's interesting is they have a ton of running backs on the roster right now and, and names that you, you probably know. So I am pulling up the Our Lads depth chart right now for the Patriots, and my computer's being slow for some reason. Uh, I go to Our, Our Lads like... Two or three times every day. I mean, I know you guys don't write articles for a living or talk football for a living, but it's one of the best sites out there, you know. And they're not obviously they're not paying me to do this, but if you're ever looking for depth chart depth charts in the NFL and I think in college too, which I don't really get involved in, they are they they are up to date like crazy. I mean, they're better than any of the big sites. Um, really, really good stuff. But in New England, you know they have the big back in Blunt, and Blunt's looked good for me this year. I mean, I don't think he's a great player or anything, but. I think he's more than a short yardage guy, but I thought he's looked pretty spry so far on tape. Um, and I think they like him. You know, I, mean, I think they like him quite a bit. They also have James White. I would think he's going to fall into the Deion Lewis, Shane Vereen, Falk, you know, receiving back role. And that's okay. He's just not nearly as dynamic or as good as any of those guys, in my opinion. He, he has flashed since he's been here since he's been around. Um, But to me, that's a big drop-off from Lewis to White. Some of the other guys on the the roster, they still have Brandon Bolden. They still have Donald Brown. James Devlin. he's more of a fullback type. Tyler Gaffney, they've kept this guy around. He finally played football in, what, week one or week two after being on the injured reserve list two years. You know, the Panthers, he got hurt with the Panthers after they drafted him. They, they cut him. They put him on waivers. They were going to pick him up, put him on, their, on injured reserve. And New England's like, that, eh, we'll just steal him. You know, we're, we're just going to grab him and put him right on our injured reserve. We like him coming out of Stanford. And they've stuck with him for two years. So he's a plotter, but he runs hard. And I could see why Belichick would have some interest in him. D.J. Foster's kind of a wide receiver, running back, jitterbug, rookie. Uh, somebody we should keep an eye on. I, I think he's probably more of a practice squad guy. And then there's Donald Brown. I mean, former first-round pick, still, you know, lingering around the league. And if you look at the – I always look at the the Patriots running backs almost like they're two different positions. I mean, Blunt and Deion Lewis couldn't be any more different as as football players. To call them both running backs is pretty general. And really, they're absolutely different. And they're used very differently in this offense. So, almost always in, in New England, they have the pure receiver, the small guy, the quick guy, and then they just have a hammer. You know, and Gaffney's a hammer, and Blunt's a hammer. You know, Corey Dillon was that guy. But generally speaking, they don't have a lot invested in them. You know, they're just beat your face. Because Belichick wants to be able to play any way he wants. You know what I mean? If, if you're going to play with lighter fronts, he's going to bring in Blunt. If you're going to try to play with heavier personnel, he'll bring in Deion Lewis. But Donald Brown's kind of all of the above. I mean, or none of the above. Depends if you like him or not. Um, he, he's good in protection. He's reliable in the passing game. Catches the ball pretty well. Um, certainly not a hammer, but he's certainly not the super elusive guy, but he has a little bit of those two qualities. So, uh, I see what the, uh, he, he doesn't fit, you know, but maybe he does, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like he doesn't fit the, the big guy mold or the little guy mold, but maybe he ends up being the guy that gets the most carries when it's all said and done. You know, he just, he's hard to get off the field. Brady loves him. He's always in the right place. Uh, that wouldn't blow me away, especially now with Lewis not being in the equation. But I mean, maybe that's just wishful thinking. Uh, maybe he gets cut. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't think we, we, we know for sure either way. I, I know it's a short, short one today. Yeah, I think I was just talking fast. But that's going to do it. You know, we, uh, we will get together tomorrow, no doubt about that. Uh, drop me a line on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL. Check out all the other Locked On podcasts. They are very good, and they're roaring along, and our numbers are growing rapidly. Thank you for that. Please spread the word. Uh, Don't be afraid to go to iTunes and, and leave us a review, too. Take care.